Welcome to the X Factor Roping Podcast. Our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools to get the most out of what you love to do. I'm Pace Freed, the owner of XFactorRoping.com and your host. We want to bring you the best content possible and it would mean so much to us if you would continue to sign up and support XFactorRoping.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the X Factor Team Roping Show and Podcast. Uh, we're here with Marty Becker today. Uh, I've gotten to know Marty over this winter pretty well. You know, for for one thing that I've learned a lot from Marty and watching him do things is he's not only a great accomplished roper and calf roping, heading, healing, and one in all those disciplines as well as can cowboy really well. Marty has a ton of feel for training a horse, riding a horse, and seeing how we can ride horses and is just a great teacher. So I'm really excited to have Marty here today. Uh, Marty, thank you for being here and I also appreciate all the videos and you've been really involved with X Factor so it's been awesome. I, I love everything. I feel like you've taught me so much with my roping so I thank you for that. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, Marty, to start things off, um, I'd kind of like to give, give him a background. Uh, you know, NFR qualifier, Canadian finals, you're, you're really well accomplished and all that, but I like to go back to the beginning and kind of get your background and what it was like growing up. So can you kind of tell me how you got into the, the Western industry and your kind of your childhood? Uh, yeah, like when I f was first born, uh, my my parents, my family, they uh, they all had ranching backgrounds and, and uh, my mom and dad rodeoed. My dad rode bulls and broncs and, and rope cabs and team roped and mom run barrels and and uh, so I was I was around that all the, you know the whole time growing up and then plus my dad run a, a, a big government uh, operation there and and in just the middle of nowhere there was like 70,000 acres and we run like 45 5,000 head down there so ranching was a big deal everything was done on horseback and uh, so I, you know, like you say, you know, I've, I've created a good feel for horses and understand what you're trying to create with them. All that ranching background that I grew up with, I mean, riding different horses all the time, uh, really helped me create a feel. And, and uh, I think you get a lot out of that by just riding across a field and for hours. Right. You know, and you're not necessarily going that fast. It's, a, you know, a trot or a slow lope all day long. You know, or out there treating treating cattle. You know, doctor, and you know, I remember being out there for hours uh, through the summer months. Uh, you know, treating pink eye, or you know, we're always doctoring cattle, and and uh, that that part there really helped me just learning how to read cattle in the arena. You know, because out in the big open spaces, they can go any which way at a high rate of speed, right? And and if you're smart about it and just, you know, my dad always said, just, just follow them. They'll slowly slow down. Just let them kind of run the air out of them a little bit and let them come down and not get in a hurry and, and, uh, and learn what you're, you're uh, watching in front of you. You know, he always said, look at what you're learning in front of you. Don't, uh, don't always get, don't get, ever get ahead of yourself. And I, I always think about that, you know, uh, um, at a later date as I was rodeoing and, and growing my rope and on, I never tried to get ahead of myself. I always learned on what I was trying to create in front of me and uh, watch what was going on. And, uh, and that's how I learned how to fit into my runs and, and create the same consistent run each time I, I run a steer or a calf, right? right? But that ranch and background, there's so much said to that. And, and the endless hours that you're helping the neighbors uh, brand and drag calves to the fire and you know, uh, all that stuff, I look back and I miss so much of it because it was such a great way to grow up and, and learn the industry and be around that, that type of deal. And it was, it was really cool. You really do learn. I mean, first of all, you learn what real work all the time is, you, you know, because you live it in that, in that type of deal. When you're branding for hours or days and running that many cattle, that, I mean, that's obviously a ton of work. One thing, Marty, I think that's so important is you talk about roping cattle outside. I've had, I've roped cattle a little bit outside, enough to know, you know we ran a couple thousand head on a, a winter ranch, and when we, you chase them, you're going fast. And when you're riding all these different horses, you've got to understand that some of these horses are built, they can run as fast as they can go and then throttle back down. Other horses cannot do that and each horse is different but as you're getting close to cattle they're looking at you and they're they're not going to just keep running straight. That's right. You, know, you have to use your hand and you have to control 
you know where you're going there's there's a lot of obstacles in, in my way but and then on top of all that when you'd run up there and rope them it's not like you can just stick everything into the ground you have to have feel as you're swinging your rope following and when you're dallying and starting to you know to rope them and and shut them down you can't just mash on them so there's right. a ton of feel and and that's one thing i watch you rope and you can see it really well with healers you can see it really well with headers how they're using their horse and then how they're using their rope and i think that that's one thing that's translated really well is you can see it on all kinds of horses and i think that that's been uh, a pretty cool thing to watch and you know you can just see how much of that you've done so that's, Thank that's you. really really cool uh so you've kind of had that background of cowboy and when when did you start getting into roping competitively or did you start calf roping or how did you get going that way i uh uh, there was a little roping club there, you know, like where we lived, we were out in the middle of nowhere, you know, like we we're 70 some miles from town where we bought groceries from and, uh, you know, go and buy clothes or whatever you're, you needed. Uh, and then school was, school was 20 minutes away. So, uh. It was, uh, and then our nearest neighbor was probably two or three miles away. You know, we're we're set out kind of in the middle of nowhere, and uh, but it's uh, uh, so we had to travel a long ways wherever we were going. But there was a you know a couple hours away, they had a a, a little uh, uh, association there that uh, they they give give the kids an opportunity to get started you know they had had breakaway roping and and then they had a junior calf roping deal and and onto an open and and a junior team roping it was kind of all mixed events and stuff and barrel racing and that and and uh that's i guess where i got my first start right. at that little association and um and then then i just moved on up into uh amateur rodeo with my dad and uh, I healed for my dad there in, at the amateur rodeos. And, and then once I got uh, a little bit bigger and stronger, I was able to go in and start, start tying calves down and, and, uh, and entering the amateur rodeos also in the calf rope. And that's when I kind of got my start also doing that. And, um, and then went into the amateurs through there and then, and then on to the pros. But uh, I, got a, I got a good, uh, you know, five or six years of amateur rodeoing in. Um, I uh, I really um, set some goals as I went along and worked towards them, and and had you know I was fortunate to have lots of success through the amateur associations that we went to, and and uh, and got a feel for you know there's always ups and downs in rodeo, and and you have to learn how to deal with that you know and and uh, learn how to overcome come the things that you don't uh, want to have to deal with you know right. as far as your you know your losses or this or that and uh, but uh, that was all a good learning experience I stayed there at that level and and let myself grow and get accomplished there and and build a good foundation so so I had something to fall back on when I went and made that next step into the pro rodeos because that's that's a that's a big step no matter how you look at it right. you know we can we can get comfortable in an association or at a certain level and then when you take yourself from that into into the next stride of it to the to the basically the the best in the world is who you're going to be dealing with day in and day out there's there's definitely a step that that is uh bigger than you think right. and uh i felt like i was ready you know i probably i think my dad held me back one more year uh and said let's let's do it let's let yourself accomplish a few more things at the amateur level before you go you know make that step he said you're almost there and uh he wanted me to to make sure that that I wasn't gonna have to come back, you know. And I'm glad he glad he set it up that way because I think it's so important when you're when you have that goal in mind to to where you want to strive to. Um, I think it's important to be able to lay that foundation out and get it real solid leading up to that. So when you reach that point, you you don't. You know, even though you're going to maybe take a small step back, and when I say that, it's learning the ups and downs, but you're not going to fall. Right. You, you've always got a foundation to be able to keep you moving forward and understanding how to get through it. And I, I think there's a lot said to that, and that's all how to win, how to lose, how to, you know, always present you at yourself as a, the same individual day in and day out and not be 
you know, one way one day and one another way the another day. It's it keeps you solid as a person. And I think there's a lot said to all of that. And and me staying amateur, say that one more year, really, really let me accomplish some more things and also really set myself up for that next step when I went pro. So what was the biggest win or was there a moment in your amateur career where you're like, okay, I'm ready? Or was there something that just really jumped out to you that helped you out with the win that you thought, this is it for me? Uh, I... <clears throat> The biggest thing with with my roping was is um and we practiced this all the time was uh was building consistency and staying consistent throughout the whole course of the year and that that really right there um you know we we didn't try to get ahead of ourselves we kept building the foundation up and and maintaining a good consistency through the year and it showed at the end of the year because we won, <laughs> we won quite a few year ends. We won, you know, uh, a lot of stuff at the finals at the end of the year uh, and finished strong. Um, and I think that that part of uh, our foundation that we tried to maintain really helped. And uh, I think right there towards the end, you know, the la the second last year and the last year of my amateur career, <clears throat> I felt I was tying more calves faster and also maintaining my consistency with that to where I wasn't just uh, I'm making say odd mistakes here and there because I was going faster um, I was being able to hold it together and tie consistently calves faster and, um, and that's where I think my roping showed me that I was able to uh, to look at that next step of, of turning pro because that was that was what it was going to take you know um it wasn't just uh being consistently eight and nine all year long it was hey we need to step it up to where if we need to we need to time seven or or maybe even some kind of six right, right. but we we've got to be able to uh have the confidence and able to do that before we even put ourselves in them situations so that's one thing about amateur rodeo is you're not out a ton financially and it's allowed you to kind of put your horses together and be in some good setups you know the amateur rodeos are generally like I, I'm a little more familiar with it in the team roping but you you'd say the barriers usually backed off a little bit compared to the pro rodeos so it seems like you can get a, a little more uh, e an easier role and kind of the runs you can make so it allows you to build your confidence up you've kind of got that foundation set up so now you're kind of ready to go to the pro rodeos right what are some of the biggest steps that you had to to take and get that you had to get ready for the pro rodeos with uh i i really didn't uh know what to expect there uh when i when i first turned pro because um all i knew was that it was going to be a different crowd right okay um and uh as far as in canada you know when i first turned pro up there the first year uh, this the setups were basically the same as the amateurs they're all real short right. you know and and little calves and you know little longhorn calves and um, a lot of that was the same other than Pinocchio you know they had that the long run there like uh, like Pendleton has and uh, it's just not on grass you know uh, but the the setups were basically a lot the same uh, just maybe bigger venues you know uh more people you probably rope in front of that type of scenario it was the second year i turned pro and uh in the states is where i i noticed a difference you know when i i bought my card for the first time in, in the u.s and come down uh that's where i had to do some a little bit of adjusting because the, there's a lot of setups that were a lot longer Right. and you had to run cabs further and i wasn't used to that you know in canada if you run one past four swings basically um something happened you you missed a barrier by a long ways right, right. i and uh but in the u.s you know there's some longer setups longer starts and and i when i had to run one past that it took me a while to just not let myself beat myself that i was running myself out of the roping Right. You know, it, it was an easy for me to feel that because I'd never really gone that far to very much at all. And uh, so that was something that I had to kind of, you know, definitely get a feel of being able to be comfortable and not, not panic. Run one 
halfway down the arena and still feel like you can time one nine flat, right. you know, uh, and keep everything smooth and, and make your own run. And uh, so it was all good learning curves and stuff, you know, with that. And, and uh, the first year was definitely a good learning experience for me uh, when I first come down to the U.S. And, uh, and then the following year, I think I was more ready. And, uh, and then I, I, I think I deserved to make the finals a lot more the second year because I, was, I, I felt more ready than I did the first year. It was a little bit of a feel-out feel type deal the first year, you know. And, and, uh, and I, f I fit in and I felt more ready the second year just because of the, you know, from the north to the south, there, the, it's, a, it's, it's definitely different. And I had to get down here and, and really get in the middle of that to really feel feel the differences and and all that and but at the end of the day it's the same you just go through your same step it's still just tying calves down right. you know and uh and that's what i had to uh to um learn is doesn't matter what part of the arena my run's going to come together in that's where i have to do it at you know and and uh that's where growing as a roper and really getting solid is and not letting yourself beat beat your beat yourself in your runs is don't panic go ahead and rope the rope the calf or the steer that you drew and where your run is transpired in the arena comes together that's where you do your job right. you know and uh and some some's going to run you down a little bit more than others and and that's a little bit of the the drawing part of it that we have to deal with day in and day out but uh, on an overall basis, you go back to the consistency of what you learned in the amateurs growing up, being consistent throughout the whole course of the year. Let that foundation take over and think of it, okay, they pay more than one or two holes. If I put, a, if I put 12 or 15 or 20 um, fifth or sixth place checks together in the course of a year, that, that can add up too. Yeah, and, and then yeah. using the calves too. I think that that's something that you have to understand. Is there's sometimes calf roping and team roping both. I think there's steers that are really easy to win the first couple checks on. Yep, you can hit the barrier and they're right there. That's right. And uh, and when you got those stronger to medium to medium plusers, I think that that's where those guys that are real men they can win on and they can make the finals on and and those guys that can figure out how to use those. Exactly. Uh, so Marty, your first year kind of rodeoing. It obviously, a guy's got to take it on the chin a little bit, you know, when you're getting out there rodeoing. Did you have expectations of making the NFR your first year that you were pro rodeoing, or what was your mindset getting out there for the first time? Oh, you know, your goals obviously are, are to make the Canadian Finals in the NFR, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's what we strive towards, right? Right. And when I say that, you know, the the first year rodeoing in in the PRCA, I mean. Uh, yes, I was out there still trying and, and definitely wanting to make the NFR. You know, I probably made just some little mistakes throughout the year, uh, and they were just learning curves that probably cost me from making it. But I overcome them this, the, coming into the second year and, uh, and was able to go ahead and make the finals in, you know, the second year I was. Right. Uh, so your first year, what did you end up in the world? Uh, probably in the top 20. Right, so pretty close. Had yep. a chance, pretty mm -hmm. much. And what was the biggest thing that changed in you uh, from that first year to the second year? Was there, you know, how do you take that being close? Does that motivate you or you know, to making the finals? Or how are you, how do you go about that? Oh, you know, there's there's a lot of, a lot of stuff involved when you're, when you're rodeoing. You know, it's not just uh, what you do in the arena. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's how, learning how to enter, um, learning how to get get from one place to the next, uh, being around the right guys. You know that's so important. Being with the right traveling partner, having having the right people help you that that uh, you know that they're in your corner. Right. You know I was real fortunate with that. You know when I when I turned pro the first year in Canada, you know I was able to um, me and my best friend up there in Canada, Darren Shaw. I mean we we turned pro the same year, and we were both rookies. But Darren was a little he's a little older than me, and and. Uh, you know, he had more experience with, uh, you know, the entering part and getting around, obviously, and uh, than I did. And 
uh, I was just gung-ho, I wanted to rope calves. Right. You know, and he, I was very fortunate, you know, he took me under his wing. I lived with lived with him for 10 years and and uh, all we did was rope calves and, and, uh, and rodeo. Right. You know, and he helped me get my start there and, and helped me get around and, and then the first year I the next year when I bought my card in the PRCA, uh, I was very fortunate. I mean, uh, Cliff Williamson took me under his wing and, and brought me to the winter rodeos. You know, and we set out and come down and went to Denver and, and, and went all across the eastern rodeos and that winter and, and uh, we covered a big swing that winter and, and uh, you know, Cliff really helped me get a feel for all of that, right. you know, and, and uh, so I owe a lot to, you know, there's so many people that, that helped me along the way and, and helped me get that start and, and that direction to help me. Help me uh, get a feel for it. Get some mentors. Exactly. Some look up to how to enter, how to win. Yeah, and you can't do it honestly. You you know you can't do it yourself. I mean, it, you can, but it's it takes it's a it's a longer duration. Right. You know, and that's where you know it's nice for me right now. You know, being a clinician and helping people and teaching. You know, I've, I've been up and down the road for thirty years now and seen a lot and and competed a lot, put myself in a lot of huge, you know, positions of, you know, in, in uh, big rodeos and stuff to, to uh, win some cool stuff. And, uh, but in order to do that, you need help to, to, to uh, feel what you need to do to create that. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's where I had, you know, from my family to, you know, great friends that I, I met along the way, uh, you can't do it by, without without that right. you know and you know sponsors that that was a huge key to my success too I had a lot of great sponsors and a lot of help along the way and um, you know like uh, one guy that really uh, stands out and and is and is more than just a friend like he he's uh, his he, Lau and Marie Kurtz and Chad and Melanie I mean that whole family you know CBS controls they 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 just took me in like I was one of their sons, you know, and 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 uh, Lal he just turned the key over to uh, to his ranch to me, and you know I I got to stay there and practice and rodeo out of there, and he helped me up and down the road, and you know just stuff like that. You just uh, you you can't thank people like that enough, right. you know, because uh, <clears throat> you can only do so much, and 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 I think back of the the great people that you you meet <clears throat> all over the world you know i'm saying like one day you're in california you might be in florida the next day you know northern canada the next i mean it, you you cover a huge area and and meeting people all around it, it's really cool to to get that opportunity to do absolutely and you know one thing especially nowadays i think the youth has this mindset of oh i need to have a sponsor i need to get this i need to get this and then that's the only thing that's holding me back and and i think it's the so opposite if you work hard you're good to people and you do the right things people will see that and they'll want to help you and you can and if you can provide value to their company as you're doing it and understand ways to do that and mm -hmm. represent them and help people out They'll, they'll do the same for you but if yep. you if you do things just because you're a good person and because you want to be a hard worker and you know you set goals and you want to work towards them the right people will get in your life I believe that one oh I do too I do too I mean sponsorships hard to find and 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 it's hard to you know from for myself it was hard to go ask for sponsorship right. you know um that part was really hard and the way I thought and just like you explained I think the best way to go about it is if if you live your life on the up and up and you're your own person and you and you stand tall and and you you uh your actions in and outside of the arena never change whether you're winning or losing you have to have that that consistency Right. And not just because of what we're trying to do out here, but as a person in a whole. Right. You know, I it, it doesn't feel very good if you're always up and down. You know what I'm saying? If you're happy one day and sad the next, or you know, one minute you're you're having fun and the next minute you're not. You know, there's too much up and downs. How do you how do you put your name on a person like that that's all over the place? 
you know, and uh, sponsors, they're going to see how you represent them in and outside the arena and day in and day out basis. And that's where I really tried my butt off that I, I tried not to show a whole lot of emotion, you know, uh, one way or the other. Yes, I enjoyed tying one and six, you know, and or I enjoyed winning a first or I enjoyed winning a fifth that day, but I didn't just, you know, cause a big scene when I did it. Right. I I was I've always been type of a laid back type person to where I I'm uh, you know I don't show a lot of you know I don't go over the top with a whole lot of things I just like to stay consistent and not showboat a lot I, I'm just never was that type of person and I just wanted to stay on a nice even keel whether I'm winning or losing I want to be able to be a solid person as a whole right. and that's how. Uh, how I found that I could create that and and I was able to be real fortunate to have people recognize that and want to put their company in my hands and and have the faith that I was going to represent them in the way they wanted to be well and I think too a lot of that comes from not being result oriented you know you're a real process oriented person you're enjoying being there, you're enjoying working at it, you're enjoying going at it every single day. I think that's so important because even if you win or lose, you still know what you need to do that night, that next day, you're still going to work at it. Just like staying home for that extra year amateur rodeo and it's okay because you can see it in the long term. You're going to be patient and that make, not making the NFR your first year, you're, it's okay. That's right. And I want to jump right into that because I feel like that's Probably the week with the most ups and downs is the NFR. So it is. Your second year rodeo on, uh, pro rodeo in the States, you've made the NFR, right? Mm -hmm. And you've made the Canadian finals a few times before that, right? Yes, sir. So yep. you kind of, that, that, the Canadian finals were probably the biggest deal, but the NFR, I mean, I, I'm not as used to the Canadian finals, but the NFR is, in here is just, it's such a big deal. So kind of take me through that, making the NFR and that, that whole week. How does that, how did you play, how did that play out for you? Uh, yeah, the NFR is obviously, you know, your uh, deal that you, you, you uh, grow up as a kid and, you, you know, that's, that's the, the cream at the end, right? Yep. And uh, I, uh, you know, I was fortunate to, to make the Canadian Finals, uh, you know, a couple times prior to go into the NFR and and the Canadian Finals, I mean, it's a big venue, lots of people. Uh, it was a it was a really good uh, thing for me to uh, be a part of prior to going to the NFR. I think it um, really set me up for it. Right. And uh, so going into my first NFR, I knew that just looking at the the setup and everything it was a small arena um it was gonna it's a short short setup yeah. uh there was that was something that i grew up doing Pretty from just a, a kid an eight-year-old kid breakaway roping in a little backyard uh roping club to you know up to the pro rodeos right. that's that's how i was used to that so i was comfortable going in into uh, the NFR with the whole setup as far as that all goes. It was uh, just uh, not letting the, the outside part, you know, <laughs> take my mind away from what I was actually there to do. You know, and when I say that, it's, uh, you know, yeah, we've competed at thousands of rodeos and been in all kinds of different situations, and uh, but it's easy to, uh, you know, I remember the first time I walked into the um, Astrodome in Houston and, and I went like this and I'm like, well, I can't hardly see the roof. You know what I'm saying? It, this place, you know, you can fly a small plane in there. It's, it's crazy. Right. But you get, you get kind of starstruck or whatever you want to call it and you're, you're looking around and it's like, hey, you got a calf in front of you. Make sure you, uh, you know, visualize that, not not the ceiling you still, got your job. you still got your job and that's what i was you know wanting to make sure that i stayed focused at the nfr and uh not let the the um surroundings you know get get in, in the way 
Right. And and I had you know I was I was pumped I was ready you know I practiced hard and and obviously worked at it I I you know when you when you anybody that qualifies for the NFR they deserve to be there they put a lot of hours and time in it I don't care what anybody says whoever makes the NFR and you know they deserve to be there even if they don't have that good of finals they've they deserve to be there. You know, it's a long road. It, there's a lot of sacrifices, uh, whether you're single or you got a family, there's a lot of sacrifices. There's a lot of money that, that comes in and out daily that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's involved. And uh, so uh, we dang sure put the effort and time in to get there. And, and uh, my first calf, uh, I had a calf that run me down there a little ways and, and uh, and actually not that far really I, I probably run them right I, I got the two years mixed up I'm sorry but uh, I got one roped right there and I tied him in some kind of eight and uh, put two wraps on and my calf gets up right so so I'm out of the average the very first round and and uh, so it's just go rounds after that so we just backed in and did our best that we could every run and go as fast as we could and and at the end of the finals I end up winning right around 50,000 and and that wasn't a bad finals at all no, you know point. just in the go rounds yeah. and um and and learned a lot when I was there I think that's so cool is to not overreact to one bad situation you know you put two wraps and do your job yep it doesn't work out and then you just take it essentially on the chin and just keep moving forward and, and I think that, that's what I hear so much with you and see so much is just the ability to to be disappointed I mean obviously it's probably one of probably the biggest letdown in your career to that point it was you know I mean that, that one's got to be right up there with it is going out in the very first round especially right. when you put all that work into it you're then you go out there and you execute just like you want to and it doesn't work out and but still to be able to come back there's a lot of money up and, there is and being able to do that and i think that that's so important to keep in mind as a team roper there's always you know you got to be focused on the steer you're roping that's right not not you got to learn from the ones you lose on but you gotta you gotta focus on the one you're roping i think that's that's so exactly right and that and and to be consistent throughout the course of the year that that's a a, a real tough deal to do you know um keeping it together from one steer to the next you know it's uh you know there's there's three parts of the year that that are a little bit different you know you look at the winter rodeos and the winter rodeos are spread out there's not a lot to to go to yep. you know and uh at the end of the winter it it the winter rodeos can make you feel like you've been to 100 rodeos and you've been to five you know, just because you haven't gone a whole lot and they're spread out between runs, you know, there you might be rope one today and maybe not another one for eight, nine days, right. you know, at the same rodeo. And it's hard to get a little bit of a rhythm going in the winter time. You know, it felt like to me, I like the state a little more busier than that. Right. Uh, but uh you've got to just you know battle through that stay focused whenever you back in the box it doesn't matter if you're running one back to back or if you've waited you know a, a week or two in between you know you've got to always be ready on that particular run and not let the one before get <coughs> get in the way of doing good on that one you know and that's where you know the going through the course of the year especially into the summer months when you're able to be as busy as you want and run as many as you want every day that that's when i had the most fun because i was being able to be on the road because i loved on being on the road i love traveling i loved roping as much as anybody and the more i could back in the box the better i was you know and and then getting to the nfr and having that first one get up on me and getting being out of the average yes there's nine more go rounds and there's a lot more money to be won but how do we how do we prepare ourselves for go round number two right and and that's where every calf's got to be an individual run when you're there because 
I've uh, the times that I've been there I've had them ups and downs and it's hard to hard to be on the bottom end of that and not doing very good because we have such big expectations to do good and win as much as we can because there's a lot there that's what that's the reason why we want to do so good is because we put so much money into this to be able to get there and be get qualified and, and have that chance to rope for that kind of money and and then you maybe run three or four calves at the start and not get you haven't won anything yet right. and now all of a sudden you're adding pressure to yourself and that you don't need to and you're just like gosh dang my year isn't looking very good now i need these i need this money right. you know to come out on the year and uh and that that happened to me the first couple times that i was there it the first few rounds were a little bit slow and then and then you get that that next one pokes his head out of the chute and i mean then you get a roll get on a roll and then all of a sudden bang you're rolling for a few rounds and and you finish strong right. you know you just got to stay ready and whether you're getting far or you're going through the course of the year it's like i was talking about back in the amateur days let's build that consistency let's learn how to overcome mistakes and not let it happen again on the next one you run fall back to that foundation let's fall back to it yep so marty obviously well accomplished roping calves and you know, I, we hadn't really gotten team roping yet, and I know that you know you you mentioned that you amateur rodeoed ca and calf roping and team roping a little bit, and when was healing right off, correct? Mm -hmm. When did uh, at what point in time did you really start to move forward with your roping career as well as your team roping career? Uh, you know, like when I when I first got my card there in '93, roping calves. Uh, Team roping wasn't that big in Canada at a at a pro level. Right. You know the the pro rodeos had had some team ropings at them and stuff. Uh, the amateur rodeos were all good. You know they all had it and and uh, all that. But so I uh, I didn't have any place to really excel with my team roping in Canada at that time because they didn't have a finals um, at, at the at the Canadian finals there for the team roping. So. Uh, I was basically just roping calves full time and then fitting in wherever we could, you know, run a steer. That would be great. Right. And uh, so that kind of went on for a few years. And, and then uh, we end up creating a finals of our own. And uh, we, we kept track throughout the whole course of the year and then created, created our, uh, our own finals and stuff for the team ropers and, and went at that direction. And, and I ended up winning uh like two or three championships with jim randall and and uh in them earlier years uh me and jim rodeoed together too in the states uh jim come down and rope with me a little bit down here while i was roping calves you know um there wasn't many guys that that wanted to uh go from up there and come down to the states and rope they just rather wanted to stay up there and then vice versa nobody down here wanted to go up there right. um at that time so it was hard for me to have a partner and keep up with my team roping that I had done all the them earlier years you know so I was just basically just running back and forth roping calves but Jim wanted to rodeo there and go we we went for a couple years or so and and won won us like three Canadian championships and and uh, you know had some pretty good goes in the US too and and uh, and that and then then Jim decided he was uh, you know wanting to slow slow down and and uh, not go as much and so then I just kind of went kept going on and just kind of picking up guys here and there and then and then all of a sudden team roping got better up there in Canada and then there was more guys down here that wanted to go up there because there was something to to make it worthwhile and and uh, and that's where I started picking up a few more guys down here and being able to jump back and forth and not not uh, just be myself, you know. There for a while when I was just calf roping, I was the only person that, that was going back and forth, really. And uh, so I was driving a lot of miles by myself. It's a long ways from Canada to Texas. It is. And, uh, 28 hours, <laughs> no matter how you slice it. <laughs> 28 hours. Um, you know, one, I've got to go up to the Canadian rodeos just a little bit. And you mentioned Pinoca earlier. Um, is that your favorite rodeo up there? Uh, for the setup and how that all goes oh yeah it has to be you know i mean i i can't brag you know on it but i've had a lot of success there right 
and it's a it's a fun rodeo I mean the setup alone it's challenging and there again you know the person that utilizes them their horse to their advantage at that setup you're you're gonna do good because you have to read and adjust down that lane and them cattle are running 90 through there and then when you break the mouth of the box down there it feels like you're going a thousand mile an hour you know it's a real cool deal and and but you've got to be able to have your horse framed up and set up to be able to overcome things out in the arena because when them calves come out the end of that tunnel I mean they can go any direction right. at a high rate of speed and get away from you and if you're not sitting up there riding your horse and adjusting then your runs done you know so it was a it was a really cool cool feel for me it was like taking after one out in the prairie right. you know out in the middle of nowhere you just set after one and uh, so there were some cool things like that you know in Pendleton Pendleton is kind of the same thing I was you know I probably doctored more cattle than a lot of people have on the grass right but I did not like rodeoing at Pendleton. I'm going to tell you right now, the grass scared me. You know, them calf horses get sliding all over the place, and I just didn't like that feel underneath me, you know. And slick over there. Yeah. I didn't mind actually team roping, and I, I'm, I won some money team roping there, but I was still a little tentative. It was a different feel than that good old prairie grass and oh. on the ranch, you know. I'm telling you. So uh, for you guys that don't know uh, Pinocchio's setup, it's essentially like Pendleton. Um, I think it's a 50-foot box, essentially, or something like that. So when you call for the steer, there's a big, long lane that the steer's in, and a guy just chases him down this lane, and then you kind of got to follow behind. And when you hit the line, you've got to gauge the steer out there far enough that so you you know you don't just let him all the way out and then go. You can kind of you got to hit the line <clears throat> at a pretty run, at a pretty fast run or just kind of throttle or however read your steer. And so it's like it's essentially like roping in a 50 or 100 foot box with a For sure. barrier line at the end of it. So it's really it's a crazy setup because you can make good runs. Yeah. But you run a long ways sometimes. Oh yeah, it's all on gauging <laughs> gauging your your livestock in front of you on how where you're you know going to hit the line at. So Marty, you, I mean, you're a pretty level guy. How, in your team roping career, was there ever a time where you were getting real nervous or struggling uh, with your rodeoing, or how did how did that go for you? Oh, I mean, there's always going to be ups and downs, you know, with uh, with when just rodeo alone, dealing with uh, you know the the winning and losing aspects of it, uh, and you know, and it's always going to be a challenge, uh, you know, more than. Than it is when you're roping calves because it's just you you know now now when you add a, another person to the to the uh equation now you've got a partner and uh there's a lot more variables can happen you know and that's where you've got to really be set in as a team and and stay working together right you know and uh and that's a real key aspect of when you see guys uh year after year do good they're 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 dialed in as a team right. you know uh i don't think anybody does real good consistently when when they're when they're not set up that way you know because you're not on the same page and um, and i think that's very important to to create when you're team roping with a guy as a you know with with your partner is you know be on the same page in the practice pen be on the same page as far as how you're going to lay your year out how you're going to enter where are the places you're going to go how you're going to create that um what do you want to create and and work towards uh at the end of the year you know what are we going to accomplish i think all them key things right there have to come together in order for that team to be successful right. and uh you know and and everybody goes through different you know different partners until you till you find that one that you really sink in with who you really enjoy roping with who you who you do good with you know and some some of your best friends are hard to rope with you know because you you uh, as much as you try to do good with each other you just don't I mean I think and them in in them type of deals you you try too hard for your buddy you know uh, instead of just going out and doing your job you know there's always kind of different scenarios but I think if you keep it simple and 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 put yourself on a program to where you you as a team know where you're at daily
that's when you're going to be successful. Right. And uh, and I've and I've felt it both ways. You know, I, I've uh, I've felt it with with some guys that I rope with that weren't necessarily on that 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 program and then I was on a program with say another set of guys and I felt like I had more success that way you know um just knowing where you're at all the time right just kind and of being on the same page with your partner having the same set of goals exactly and working at it together and exactly yep and 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 that helps you with the the motivation of it all and the geez, I hope my guy isn't mad at me or, you know, or this or that or disappointed that I screwed up, you know. We're in it as a team. We we both know that we're both there to try hard. We're both putting the same amount of money up and we're putting this all this effort in. We can't have that extra pressure that, you know, of what somebody's thinking of us right. or what they think we're thinking of them. We can't have that. That's, that's mixed emotions to... Um, what we're supposed to be focused on you know what I'm saying oh, and okay. that's where you can simplify all that and get more of a winning edge is when let's get dialed in let's let's focus on what we're there to do that day and and capitalize on it right. you know maybe we can overcome uh, beating another team because of it but maybe they're not quite on their game you know I mean there's ways that we can stay humble and and think of it inside of us and nobody even needs to know what we're thinking about right. you know what I'm saying and and that's sometimes how we can go about having that winning edge or you know because winning's hard to teach it's it's a it's an inner feeling you know uh, how you go about it daily how you come put things together well, and I think if you feel like you're gonna win believe you're gonna win and you make your partner feel like he's gonna win and, and he truly does, that just adds to more confidence. And I think confidence leads oh, yeah. to no hesitation and you know, you're not fighting it. And I, and I think if you can help instill that in your partners, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but at the same time, being realistic mm -hmm. and, and being, not being down or not being up and kind of focusing on the right things and talking about it the right ways, like how to win, not why we lost, I think okay. is, is a great, great mindset to have the whole time i think so too so marty you've had a i mean a great career uh both roping calves and team roping rodeoed a lot um towards the end of the career um you know you obviously started moving towards the clinics and and you've got a beautiful place here where you do a lot of a lot of that but you know there's you talked about starting a family and kind of moving on with that next step can you take me through that as you know when you started to you know that all kind of happened for you and how you move forward that way yeah like I mean from right now I mean seven years ago uh, eight years ago when me and Heidi got together you know we started a family and and uh, you know when my little boy was born it was uh, uh, you know it, it was there was no other feeling right. you know uh, leading up to you know m me getting married to Heidi and and us being together uh, it was just basically me, you know, and you don't really see any end to, to you know, when you're going to stop rodeoing or move on to something else or whatever it might be, right? right. And, uh, and I mean, that's something that I did for 30-some years. That's all I did was rodeo, and it was just basically me. And uh, so when me and Heidi got together and, and we had our, first, our, our, uh, our, our little boy, it was it was just like when that happened it was just like hey i'm done right you know i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna be home i'm gonna i'm gonna be a husband i'm gonna be a father i want to create a, my own business i want to step away and and stay in the same industry um but just not be on the road all the time and that's the part that I wasn't able to, I wasn't going to be able to do. I wasn't going to be able to be away from my family. You know, that was something that I, just, I wanted to be, you know, I guess called a stay-home dad. <laughs> you know, that, that's how I wanted to see it. Yeah. You know, because I think that would be the, that was just the, that would be the light of my life. You know, because, you know, when I grew up, my, I was around my dad all the time. You know, I mean, we... Uh, I just remember, you know, whether we're riding across a field or we're in the roping arena roping or we're driving down the road. I mean, me and my dad were always together, you know, and um, I just, I wanted that for, for, for our kids too, 
you know and I was real fortunate to be able to you know grow up in the lifestyle and the and get the foundation out of how I was raised on a, a ranch and all the way through the whole process uh, what I learned um, with all of that over the course of you know 30 some years or whatever uh, being able to stay in the same industry that I loved right. and uh, you know I guess not everybody is that fortunate to be able to do you know and I was just real lucky to be able to you know train horses you know train train head heel horses and and uh, create create my business with that you know the foundation of what I learned over the course of the years rodeo and being able to ride some of the best horses in the world you know uh, it's hard to name them all you know I feel bad not naming every one of them because it was just such a big part of my uh, career being able to you know for one having them guys think enough of me uh, as a roper and a, and a horseman I guess you could say to even let me on their horse right. you know because I know what it's like letting people on my horse I just don't let that really happen you know and uh, because I put a lot of time and money and effort in this this horse and I want to be able to hold everything together and to be able to have guys like you know JD Tadlock, Jerry Jaton, Cliff Williams, and Larry Robinson I mean guys on and on and on throughout the whole course of my career you know right them guys had I mean the best calf horses ever right you know and and then in the team roping world you know like Dean Tufton let me ride chili dog for you know a couple three seasons you know um and you know me and Dean really good friends and and him and Leslie allowed me to take chili dog there and and be able to you know go on and be mounted and and get something accomplished you know and and uh through the course of the year and be able to ha have that type of horse under me. I mean, that's huge, right? right. And uh, and then under num numerous heel horses that I rode of, you know, Rich Skelton's, um, you know, uh, I rode Roni a few times. Um, just, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, lot of cool horses that I was able to s step on. And uh, that's all such a huge part of, um, you know, being able to be a part of something really cool and 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 all that foundation right there you know has really taught me a lot of how how them exceptional horses feel and in a in a training um asp, uh, you know outlook right. you know when i'm sitting here training daily riding horses um you're feeling different feels in one how they're broke how they're how their foundation is on just their confirmation of what this horse is all able to do. You know, one horse might not be able to do some of the things this other horse can do just because of how he's built. You know, foundation right there on how they're built is so important. You know, uh, and how they're broke. They gotta be broke the right way in order to be able to create a lot of different things that we need to in a run. Um, them are all things that I learned throughout the whole course of my my rodeo career you know of just riding the best horses in the world you know and and all the ranch horses and and stuff that I I was able to ride growing up as a kid you know my dad always put me on different horses he never let me just get used to just one particular horse and then when that one was done then I was like oh geez now what are we gonna do I can't ride nothing else right you know there's a lot said to that I think because um, every horse obviously feels different, you know, they're always going to be, be some little deal different, but at the end of the day, when you back in there and you go create a rope and run, whether it's calf roping or heading or healing, at the end of the day, you've got to, no matter what you're riding, you got to go and do it, set that run up consistently, no matter what you're riding. Right. Okay, you've got to be able to have that foundation with your horsemanship to where you understand how you're going to create that run each time you nod your head no matter what you're riding okay and I know that that really helped me through the course of the years when we were rodeoing you know trying to fit in probably more rodeos than we should and 
in just so many days right. and hopping planes and having horses sitting here and there and getting on different guys' horses and um, I know that part really helped me out because it didn't bother me to go somewhere and just um, hey JD can I get on your horse right. you know or or so and so over here can I get on your horse you know um, that part didn't bother me you know um, because I knew that I had a good enough foundation and feel that I just needed to stay consistent on what I was creating in my runs and go at them Absolutely. you know and and I know some guys they they uh, they don't like to get mounted a whole lot you know um, and there's nothing wrong with that they just get they they get used to a certain you know feel and they don't want to change well, you know too, Marty I, I think it's so cool like I, I go back to it uh, when you help me out with my heading over here you talk about those first couple strides feeling your horse and I can watch you make four second runs heading healing fast runs calf roping and those first thing you do in the run when the gate opens is you're feeling your horse and you talk about using your rope as a really small percentage of the actual run and it's all that feel and I think that that's what's so cool is you know your love for a horse how they feel riding all kinds of horses and understanding each horse is an individual and they're gonna run differently they're gonna be in different spots and how to put them in a spot to win and I think that that's so important to understand and and you've done a great job at that and I think that's probably one of the reasons that I recommend they come over here and rope with you anytime is if you want to work on that aspect you know you've got so much feel and talent there for how to see it and how to communicate it too and that's that's really cool is you progressed with your clinics and in your training and going from a rodeo guy to a horse trainer and to a teacher because there's a lot uh, that goes into working at yourself and and training and working on your you know you, what you're doing to how you com communicate it to someone and what you see with your horses too so I think that's really important to understand well I appreciate that I mean you know the that's your whole you know when you first start your run from the corner that's what you get right there then first couple strides is what you're gonna get out in the arena right. you know uh, how you're gonna catch up to your to your livestock how what lane you're gonna be in when you're gonna be prepared to rope when you get there you know all that is is a it comes into play right and it's easy to try to you know throw that rope into play before anything really gets started and when you're talking about leaving the corner, that's the biggest move our horses make in the whole run and the strongest one. We've got to make sure that we help ourselves get up with that first and start with them. Oh, you know, and then once we do that, then shoot, it's like we never even started from, from a dead spot to going, you know, full speed ahead. Right. We we uh, melt into that right away. Then when you involve your rope, it's so much easier because it just falls right into the run, because you've already got up with your horse and you're flowing with the with all the momentum. You can go ahead and add your rope to it, and you don't even know you did anything. Right. And then when you get there, you're ready to rope. But it's it's easy to try to get going a little too fast get ahead of ourselves with a couple steps right there right early in the run before it really gets started and and if and that's the part that we talk about getting our rope up a little bit too soon right there in our initial takeoff out of the corner and we get rocked back just enough to where we're behind the run and as far as being uh, behind the momentum of our horse then we're fighting to get up with our horse and we're, when we do that we're actually holding our horse back more than we think right. you know we're we're just kind of idling through there trying to get up well then when we do that obviously our our livestock is are gonna you know make a bigger gap between us and them right because we're not actually going anywhere you know we're, we're slowing down and and then we're fighting throughout the whole course of our run to try to get up and comfortable to be able to create a shot and sometimes we rush through that part too because we've followed the run enough now to where we're rushing because we we know we got a rope sometime you know but we're uh, we're not in a position to do it right. and and that's where you know like when I'm teaching and helping helping my clients and my students uh, you know get better with their roping and grow their horsemanship and stuff I, I it's all about keeping it real simple 
you know keeping keeping your basics to where they're you know we don't we aren't trying to create so much in a run because we don't have time to go through all these off the wall steps right? right and and that's where you know I talk a lot about the 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 horsemanship part how to fit in with our run with our horses and that just helps obviously simplify our rope because we're showing ourselves the same type of go each time we're, we're able to ride our horse and stay consistent in our lane that we want to rope in we're not just in the vicinity of our run trying to pull shots off you know uh, so there's a lot lot to it but we can go ahead and simplify it to where we can understand what we're creating and and take a couple of the gray areas away in our run that we're like oh what do I do now you know we can simplify it and, and clarify some of them little spots there to where we can be consistent with it and have a lot of fun right. you know because it's about going out and catching as many cattle as we can and if we can help ourselves keep our our uh, consistency level up and and our confidence uh, all together then then we're uh, we're winning right oh absolutely well Marty I appreciate you being on the podcast and doing this you know we filmed a lot with you I recommend everyone check his videos out on X Factor and as well as contact you your contact information is on all the videos and, and come try it out for clinic I, I know you won't be disappointed uh, Marty also travels a lot too so that's something to to get in contact with him and follow him on Facebook as well though you know you can find clinics wherever wherever they're at uh, Marty do you want to add anything yeah I appreciate it Pace I mean it's been a lot of fun and you know like we're doing a lot of private lessons here at the house you know daily and then you know we, uh, we I travel and fly all over the country and and also in Canada I've been doing lots up in Canada also uh, uh, team roping, calf rope and breakaway lessons and schools. So uh, yeah, just Becker Performance Horses on, on Facebook, you know, and uh, you can get, get all of our information there. And we, we always keep uh, schools that are, you know, uh, posted on there with flyers and stuff. So if, if one of those pop up in, in your area, you, uh, you can get a contact there or just uh, contact us, uh, um, call me on my, you know, my phone and uh, all my information is right there on my website and and uh, get a feel for what what we got coming up or if you wanna you know uh, work on hosting a school or anything like that we can we can get it put together in your area so all Absolutely. good stuff you will not be disappointed I promise thanks Marty thanks a lot Pace